Good afternoon. The time is 2 o'clock. Welcome to Vox Pop for this Thursday, February 15th. I'm Ray Graff. Well, what do you do when you follow a show that is produced by a company named Maximum Fun? Well, you lower your expectations. We'll bring the bar down just a bit here. We'll go for some moderate fun in the next hour. We'll talk travel with Gene Gagnon of Plaza Travel Center in Latham. The number to call if you have a travel question, 800-348-2551, 1-800-348-2551. You can also email us at voxpop at wamc.org, but the number, again, is 800-348-2551. Travel with Gene Gagnon and, and at moderate fun straight ahead. Hello again. Welcome back to Vox Pop, WAMC's live afternoon call-in talk show. I'm Ray Graff. Today we are joined by certified travel counselor Jean Gagnon. Jean is the president of Plaza Travel Center, a woman-owned business since 1969. The Institute of Certified Travel Agents awarded Jean the designation of certified travel counselor in 1985. She was an adjunct instructor of travel and tourism at University College of Syracuse University and Schenectady County Community College. At Plaza Travel, she specializes in VIP travel, custom planning, international itineraries, and group travel. number to call if you have a question is 800-348-2551. 1-800-348-2551, or you can email us at voxpop at wamc.org. Several people have done that already, but feel free, voxpop at wamc.org, or 800-348-2551. Jean Gagnon, welcome back. How are you? I'm wonderful, Ray. How are you? <sighs> you know, can't complain that much, but it, it's all right. Good. Hey, I was. Uh, I pulled up a list earlier today when I was thinking about this show, uh, of the least popular destinations for travel. And it was a top ten list. Most of them were in the South Pacific, little rocks, you know. Oh, I thought it was going to be like, you know, going to work and oh, oh, going no, to the no, no. The, if you're traveling, you know, the, yeah. the least traveled spots. Gosh, um, I don't know. I, I really, I'm always on the opposite end of that spectrum. Well, you know? it's not a quiz, but <laughs> what is the most remote and least likely spot you have booked travel for someone? Oh, um, oh! I wish I could remember the name of the island. There's a, a very remote island in the South Pacific, and I booked travel there for a professor at Syracuse University that was studying something, Yeah, and it was like he had to take, you know, oh my gosh, like, you know, 15 ferries and planes and yeah. everything just to get there, yeah. When, uh, you know, I can't imagine, I guess you could have fun, you know, if you've Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a Polynesian island. So, I mean, what's so bad about that? Well, in the rainy season, not good, right? No, no, no. All right. Other than that, the more conventional destinations, what are the ones that don't get called very often in your line of work? Well, um, I wish more people would call to go to Egypt. I mean, people do. Yeah. But I wish more would. Right. Um, Patagonia. In, in South America is, is really beautiful, and not a lot of people call to go there. Now, why, why do they not call to go there? Is it just tough to get to? It's, it's expensive. Uh, it's not inexpensive. And it's, and it's you know, people want to see the Eiffel Tower. People want to go on a safari. It's just not at the top of people's lists. However, if they read about it or Googled it or saw some pictures about it, I think they would, they would want to go there. 
The uh, number to call here is 800-348-2551. Gene Gagnon is our guest. Gene is the president of Plaza Travel Center. And this email came in at voxpopwamc.org. This is from Carlene. We're traveling to Alaska this fall. Small cruise ship of the inside passage with National Geographic. Independent of the tour, we'll have two days in Sitka, Alaska, another two days in Vancouver, British Columbia. We wonder if you have any suggestions for things to do or see in Sitka and Vancouver. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot to see and do there. Um, It depends upon whether you want to be in town or if you want to go outside of town. Uh, I have to tell you, one of the best resources I've seen that's very easily available to people is go on Fromer.com. It's the old Arthur Fromer. He used to be all big in travel, F-R-O-M-M-E-R. Yeah. And you can actually look up a city, and they'll say, and he'll say things to do in one day, things to do in two days, things to do if you have three days. And it's a great resource because I could say, oh, yeah, you've got to do this. You've got to, when you're in Vancouver, go see Bouchard Gardens. Well, if you don't love flowers and plants, then you're not going to want to do that. Yeah. So you really, but Vancouver, if you could get to Victoria Island and see Bouchard Gardens, if uh, the Boeing plant, um, oh, no, that's Seattle. Hmm. All right, Vancouver. Oh, the downtown is absolutely beautiful, yeah. and you can get out into some of the islands. Very, very pretty. You've been to Alaska several times? Yes, I have. Yeah, and you like it? Love it. Saw a TV show on, I think, the History Channel, or maybe it was the Travel Channel, about the uh, Alaska Triangle. Weird things happen. The weird thing about this show is the triangle takes up the whole state. So I, I, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, it's very weird. Uh, this email from Marion. Uh, I have a friend who has loved to travel all her life. A few years ago, she was in a car accident, which rendered her wheelchair bound for the rest of her life. Question, do you know of a travel company which specializes in tours for mobility-impaired folks who love would love to travel. She could afford to pay for a companion who would help her with daily routines, but would need an itinerary which would accommodate the handicapped. Uh, yeah, there are several good companies out there. They do deal with um, travel professionals, a lot of them. So you want to contact your local travel professional, find out you know where the person wants to go. There are some places that are easier for handicapped people than others. Parts of Europe you can do, but they might be more difficult. They don't have the American with Disabilities Act. Yeah. You know, so a lot of places are harder to get to, cobblestones, things like that. I sent a gentleman once to uh, Italy. And he said, oh, yeah, they had cutouts at each at the end of each curb, but everybody parked in front of them. Oh. You know, because the Italians parking. Well, they're small cars. You You can easily move them yourself. So so, uh, you want to go with a travel professional. They would have resources um, to to help somebody travel who is handicapped. This is from Paul and Rhinebeck. And by the way, Gene Gagnon is with us today. It's Travel on Vox Pop, 800-348-2551. We will get to the phones uh, shortly. We'll do some of the emails that have come in over the course of the morning. Paul and Rhinebeck writes, Do you have any experience with travel in Western Canada, the Rocky Mountaineer, hotels, etc.? That's from Paul. Absolutely. Yeah, the Rocky Mountaineer is a a luxury train Ah. that operates from Vancouver. This is right up your alley. (laughs) It's a luxury train, though, that operates from Vancouver to uh, Calgary. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, two or three days. It's really, really beautiful. Uh, they have a dome car, you know, all of that. I personally prefer the route from Vancouver to Calgary. I think it's more 
You mean driving the route? No, no, no. On the train. You can oh. do it either way. Oh, I see. You can I go gotcha. one way or the other. Now, you can also take the train from Toronto to Calgary as well. Yeah. But that ride is not quite as breathtakingly beautiful uh, as as the one through the Rockies. Yeah. So uh, typically you'd want to combine a trip like that with a couple of days or nights in Vancouver and then some days or nights in the Canadian Rockies themselves. Banff, Chateau Lake, uh, the, uh, Lake Louise, uh, Calgary. There's some beautiful national parks, some great hiking. So absolutely, it's a beautiful train ride. Should we continue to talk about trains? For sure. The no, we won't. I know that it annoys you, and I'll just no, move on. No, it doesn't. Will you stop? It doesn't annoy it's me. Listen, Your love of that you being be you. the only I, way to travel I mean, is annoys me. Gene Gagnon's our guest, and we're already at each other's throats. <laughs> it's only 2.15. Uh, first question, and this is from uh, Tiffany. We'd like to book our first cruise to the Caribbean for October of this year, 2024. Have we waited too late to get a good price? And if so, when should we book for a better price? Okay, so you haven't waited necessarily too long because you're still pretty far ahead of time. And October is a little bit off-season for Caribbean cruises because... Kids are just going into school in September, so a lot of people don't like to travel September, October. Also, you're not really getting away from real, real cold weather, you know, so, you know, it's not as busy because of where people are coming from. However, it is also hurricane season oh. from May to October. So you need a sturdy boat. Uh, well, the, all the boats are sturdy, okay. and, and they ha get enough warning so they can go to a port, but sometimes it might miss a port. Um, or you might have a little bit rockier weather, but you can get travel insurance for that. So I don't think necessarily you've lost an opportunity to get a good fare. Um, not at all. I think you still have plenty of time for that. Now, let me ask you a question, uh, and I'll get to uh, Tiffany's second question here in a moment. Mm -hmm. But have you been on these boats, these cruise boats? Oh, yeah. Okay. When the, when the water gets choppy, and you never see this on the commercials. Uh -huh. Do people get seasick and start yakking and whatnot? I got seasick. Really? On a yeah. cruise ship? Yeah, on a cruise ship. I was going from New York to uh, Bermuda. Ah. And, and I did not feel well. So back then, I don't know if they still do it this way, because this was a while ago, uh, I went to the infirmary, and they gave me a shot, and I was fine. What the they give the cruise. you? I don't know. You didn't ask? I couldn't see what they were doing oh if you God. get my drift. Well, I got you. <laughs> Second question from Tiffany, and then we'll take a break. 800-348-2551. Are the New York slash New Jersey ports a good spot to leave from, or should we leave from Florida? Well, That's for it a depends. Caribbean cruise. Okay, so it depends. They're great to leave from because you don't have to deal with flying. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you got to fly, and you have to fly in the day ahead of time so you don't take the chance of missing the cruise. You can go from New York or New Jersey. There's actually a service that can that leaves from the Rensselaer area and goes right to the port, so you don't yeah. even have to worry about getting there. However, you have to remember, for a day, day and a half, you're going to be cruising in the weather of New York or New Jersey. Yeah. So especially if you did it, you know, and it's a cold winter rainy day in stay New York. Inside, right? You're going to be yes, you could stay inside, but sometimes people forget that. They think they're going to get on a cruise and it's going to be warm and beautiful. Not necessarily if you leave from Boston, New York or New Jersey. Jim Gagnon is our guest. It's Travel Today. 800-348-2551 is our number. The email address is voxpop at wamc.org. We hit the phones in a moment.
Vox Pop on WAMC. That's a government mule, and they're doing an old Wayne Shorter thing, Tom Thumb. 800-348-2551 is the number. Travel today with our friend Gene Gagnon. And let's go to the phones. We'll begin with Mark in Albany. Mark, you're on. Yes, hi. I'm curious. I would never go on one of the real big cruise ships, but we've been interested in a Viking river cruise, maybe somewhere in Europe. I read reviews that rave about it. I read some other reviews that say that they're terrible. Just curious if you have any suggestions or opinions about them. Oh, I absolutely do. Um, Yeah, river cruises are great. They're much smaller, closer to like, you know, 70 to 120 people on board ship. Uh, They have to be smaller because they're going under bridges, very old bridges in Europe. Um, There are pros and cons to every way to travel. So uh, the pros of traveling via river cruise, via Viking or the other ones I'm also going to recommend, is that you're uh, eating on board ship the whole time. Uh, which is convenient. You're not only packing and unpacking once because you're on board the ship. What are the cons? Well, you're eating all your meals on board ship. Okay, so yeah. you're not walking around an old town and finding someplace cute yourself. Uh, the other thing is that um, you are on a ship transporting from one to the other, so you're not going to be two nights in Prague. You're going to be there for one day. Okay, uh, but we, I still love, I love Viking, I love AMA, that's another very good cruise line. Uh, then if you actually come down just a little bit, because they're they're very top-notch. If you come down price point just a little bit, Avalon River Cruises are excellent. And then a little bit more, Emerald River Cruises are excellent. It depends upon what's in your budget and what you want to have included or not included. Mm. So th- they're all very, very good. It's a great way to travel. I sometimes tell people if they're very, very active... They might want to save that until they're not as active and maybe do something else where they can enjoy the local culture and activity a little bit more. Mark, are you active? Uh, Yes, very. Okay. Yeah. So, so for example, uh, you can go to Prague, Budapest, and Vienna on a river cruise, and you'll be one day, maybe a day and a half in each one. I actually had a woman who did that cruise, and then several years later, I did a group trip that did three nights Prague, three nights Budapest, three nights Vienna. And she went on that. And I said, why are you going on this since you've already done it by River Cruise? She said, well, the cities were so beautiful, I don't feel I really saw them. Yeah. You know, so she enjoyed them. It gave her a taste for them. But uh, if you really want to see a city, you've got to be there at night or, you know, two or three nights at least. All right, Mark, thanks for the call. Number here is 800-348-2551. I saw a commercial on TV for one of these cruises. I don't know who who, who does it. No casinos, which is fine if you like that sort of thing. No children. And momentarily I was offended by that. As a parent, I was. A, and then I re- remembered what my kids were like when they were little. There you go. Yeah, is it, does that cost more? Uh, not always. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. You know, yeah. you could just bring your own earplugs. But you know, people also say like, why are river cruises so expensive? And part of the reason is you're dividing all the costs by, um, uh, you know, less amount of people. Yeah. You know, and the service is better. So, it, like, if you're on a cruise that has five thousand people, it's maybe uh, one. A staff member to every 20, and on a river cruise, it's like one to three. Yeah. You know. Okay, let's go back to our phone lines. Okay. 803. Wait a minute. I'm almost in fun drive mode. Okay, our, <laughs> our, our fun drive begins on Tuesday. Okay. If you want to make the fun drive go away, 
Pledge now at WAMC.org. We're in the lockbox portion. You can make your secure online pledge. There's all kinds of premiums there. It's WAMC.org. And then if you don't fill the entire lockbox, we'll start on Tuesday, and I'll be giving a different number, which I won't give now. The number on this show is 800-348-2551. Let's go to Kingston. Raphael, you're on. Hi, uh, I'm interested in uh, a flight to Ireland. Is this still the cheapest flight uh, to Europe? Sometimes, because it's also one of the shorter. Uh, but yes, yeah, sometimes uh, it is the best airfare. But you, you know, you really should want to go there because if you really are trying to go somewhere else, it might be even though it might be a little bit more, it might be better time-wise to go where you really want to go. But if you do want to go to Ireland, well, they do. They do well, have my, my wife is part Irish. And oh, there you go. That Ireland. would that would be a great trip. Yes. And, and I know some musicians. I'm a musician. I know some musicians that are Irish, and uh, I was going to look them up. And then we were going to think about taking a shuttle from Ireland to Italy because that's my well. Origin. Okay, so it's uh, it's not really a shuttle. It's it's quite a distance, yeah. and it's uh, oh, yeah, it's an international good. flight, so it requires a three hour uh, advance check in. And and quite honestly, if you if you really wanted to know my recommendation, I would say go to Ireland, do Ireland well, and then in a year or two save up and go to Italy and do Italy well. Everything comes down to time and money. <laughs> and when you try to do two things that are pretty far away, you're adding another whole day of just travel yep. and you're adding more money too. So that would be my personal recommendation. But, yeah, airfares are still pretty reasonable. All right, Raphael, thanks a lot. What do you consider doing a vacation well? Um, okay, I think doing a vacation well, or if you're going to someplace like Europe. Yeah. Europe is not sitting on a beach. You're going to almost need a vacation when you come back from going to Europe. <laughs> That's nice. Because, well, because you're going to want to see things. If you're in Rome, you're going to want to go see the Colosseum. You want to see maybe the Vatican. You want to see the Trevi Fountain. It's a busy trip. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying if you're someplace, see what you want to see there. Don't split it up. So, for example, if, if you split a trip to Ireland and Italy, maybe you'd only be able to see Dublin and Killarney in Ireland. And in Italy, maybe you'd only see Rome and Florence and you wouldn't see Venice. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah, no, so, I so I recommend trying to see it well. See one region well, and then you're done. You know what I mean? Rather than do a little bit this time and a little bit the other place. Right. And then going back and doing the things you missed. True. You know, so, I, yeah, that's that's my opinion well, only. Well, you're the certified travel counselor. Gene Gagnon <laughs> is our guest. The number is 800-348-2551. We'll go to Albany. Danielle, you're on. Hi. Um, hello to you both. Hello. I have my sister-in-law um, who lives in Wales, UK, coming over to Albany at the end of September for a family wedding. Um, and then I wanted to do something with her and her partner, but I, I don't really have many ideas. But I do know I don't want it to be too much flying because, obviously, it's a long trip from Wales to here. What are your suggestions? Well, I think we're in a perfect location in the United States to see some really beautiful things. My recommendation would be Boston and or Cape Cod, um, New York City, Washington, D.C. Um, in Washington especially, all the museums are free. 
So it's very easy to get in and out of things. Uh, people from Europe, if they haven't been here before, they always want to see uh, New York, and, and for good reason. Uh, Boston's got the history, the charm, uh, things like that. And if you wanted to drive, you certainly could, or you could take the train. Oh, my gosh, the train. Loves. What a capital idea. <laughs> capital, get it? Yeah, Washington, D.C. Yeah, yeah, okay. Right. Um, so that would be my thing. If you wanted to stay more local, I would say the Adirondacks, maybe Lake Placid, maybe going west through um, the Finger Lakes, ending up at um, uh, Niagara Falls, you know, that would be a beautiful trip, um, especially down by the Finger Lakes. You could do the gorge. You know, it's really, really stunning. So um, those would be my kind of ideas, depending upon what they enjoy. They might really enjoy Cooperstown. You know, yeah. you don't know. So that's um, a great town. It's a and beautiful town. The Hall of Fame town. is fabulous. Yeah, Saratoga. Just walking around Saratoga, yeah. it's it's great. So there's a lot of things in this region that you can do, uh, not having to travel very, very far. Danielle. Much. What'd you say? Thank you so much. Oh, oh you're so welcome, Appreciate Danielle. Thanks call. for calling. 800-348-2551. If you'd like to talk to Certified Travel Counselor Gene Gagnon today on the program from Plaza Travel, we'll head on out to Adams, Massachusetts. Tony, you're up. How are you folks today? Good. How Good, are you? thank you. I'm doing well. Looking at Cuba as a destination, I'm not sure the challenges involved. Well, there are a lot of challenges, so much so that uh, temporarily we are not actually handling bookings to Cuba because there are so many things you have to do. They're still not taking uh, credit cards because their banking system just doesn't support it. Um, mm -hmm. No Internet. Uh, it still has to be a people-to-people -people trip, so it has to be something where you're um, either meeting people or involved with uh, classes or demonstrations, things like that. Uh, a couple of years ago, before the administration put the ban on Cuba, we were able to do group trips. This that, was under Obama, right? Uh, right, right. Uh, we were able to, to do them, and they were wonderful. They were people-to-people, -people, but everything was a little more, how should I say, streamlined. Okay, it's just a little bit more difficult now. There are um, uh, tour companies that do do them. You have to Google them, make sure you read the reviews, and make sure that they are a uh, U.S.-based tour company and belong to the USTOA, which is the U.S. Tour Operators Association. Uh -huh. um, that's pretty key. Why? Well, first of all, they have to um, be professionals to belong to the organization. Uh, the reason why you want to use a U.S. operator is if, if there's a problem, there's a, it's a little bit easier to get things resolved than if you're working with somebody who's based in Canada. Not because it's bad. No. It's just harder. I got you. Okay, so those would be my suggestions for right. that. Tony. Okay, well, now I was there in the late 70s, found it to be a, a wonderful place was looking to take my nieces, um, and doesn't sound like I'm going to get to do that. Well, it's hard, especially traveling with your nieces. You'd have to have notarized. How old are they? Are they under 18? 30s. Oh, okay. That wouldn't be a problem. Then. But, yeah, keep an eye out on it. Uh, we're hoping it'll get better. All right, Tony, thanks a lot. Have you been to Cuba? No, I have not. So let me ask you a question. You know I'm not a world traveler. I'm not even a regional traveler. Really? I sit in my house most 99.9% .9 of the time. I know that, yeah, right? It's, it's true. Watch Green Acres. It's fun. So if you wanted to game the system a little bit, 
could these folks, could Tony and his family go stay in Canada and then hop a flight from Canada? There are even? ways to do it. I've never actually had anybody do it, but yeah, I've talked to people who. Yeah, oh, I see. Yeah, they All can. right. And that must be a little under the table. So uh, I would think so. Imagine. You're still traveling with a U.S. passport. Yeah, right. You are. Let's yeah. go to Avril Park. And Kristen, you're on. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. I was wondering what the pros and cons were to using a travel agent. I'm planning a family trip to Norway next year, maybe with about 10 to 12 people. Can travel agents book Airbnbs? Um, We'd need a rental car and a couple different um, places to stay. Okay. Well, thank you for the call, Kristen. So it's really difficult for me to speak because I only know what what my particular agency does. You know, there are many, many other travel professionals. Um, some of them can write airline tickets. Some of them can't. Some, some of them belong to the American Society of Travel Agents. Some of them don't. Uh, so you have to do a little bit of research. Also, the majority of travel agents now charge some kind of fee because airlines, they don't pay commissions anymore like they used to. So you're probably going to pay a fee. Now, um, sometimes having a group helps because if I'm checking for availability for one person, it's the same thing as checking for 10 people. So, you know, you're splitting the cost of the yes. fee. However, sometimes traveling with 10 people is difficult because maybe you want rooms that can accommodate four people. That's actually harder to yeah. find. So your fees actually might be higher. Uh, there's a misconception that fares are always lower with a travel agent. That is not true. Um, the same airfare that you would pay if you went online, you're going to yeah. pay to me, for example. However, you're going to get more service, and I might think of something you didn't think of. You know, like don't do this, okay. do this. Yeah. You know, things like that. Stay yeah. away from the fjords. Yeah, right. Sort of <laughs> right. I understand. Right. You know, so so you really have to. You can call. You know, whoever is where you are locally, and talk to them and see mm. if you feel yeah. comfortable. And and sometimes you even might want to go in and talk to them in person. There you go, Kristen. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the call and good luck with the travels. 800-348-2551 is the number. Gene Gagnon is our guest. Uh, a couple of emails here, and then we'll go back to the phones. Oh, nice picture than this one. Unfortunately, no one in the listening audience can see it. This is from Raymond. Uh, we've flown to Europe from Albany. It was more expensive than JFK, Logan, Newark, Montreal, but all those locations are at the end of a long car ride. Parking is expensive. All the larger airports have a much higher hassle factor than Albany. It seems that everybody I know chooses these other airports. After 100 bucks in gas, 285 in parking, it hardly seems worth it. Are flights that much cheaper? Am I missing something? Uh, yes. Okay, so what you're missing is the majority of flights that go out of Albany are on smaller aircraft, even if they're jets. So they actually have different weather clearances, things like that, yeah. than the flight would out of Kennedy. So first of all, they're delayed more often, okay, just because of the size of the plane. So if you're going to fly from Albany, let's say, to Philly, and then from Philly nonstop to London, I would make you take about a five-hour layover. Yeah. Well, in that five hours... You could be getting to Newark or Boston or someplace like that and paying a lower fare and knowing that you're going to get on the plane. Yeah. I've actually had people miss their flights because they left out of Albany. Ouch. Okay. Smaller planes are going to be the first to cancel. Okay. Uh, also, if you're leaving out of Albany, it's probably midday um, or in the morning, and you're just going to have a longer layover. So we do recommend going out of Boston, Newark, or JFK. There are other options, 
um, as far as getting there. You can pay for a car and driver. There are shuttle services, um, a little less convenient because they're not door to door. But there are other ways to get there. So you can take we, the train. You can take the train, and but then you got to schlep with your bags to and from the airport. Um, so. You really want to look at all the different options, but we highly, highly recommend if you're traveling internationally, like towards Europe, okay, that you do not fly out of Albany. Okay, and so that was the second part of Raymond's question. Where do you recommend we fly out of to get to Amsterdam, Paris, Alaska, British Columbia? Well, Alaska's a little bit different because you can go west, which are bigger planes. Like you could go Albany, Chicago, yeah. Chicago, out. So that is not as much the issue. Uh, I like Newark because it's actually, I think, a bit easier drive. Uh, you can also, if you're going to be gone for a long time, you can rent a car one way each way. Yeah. So like 120 bucks to go down, and then two weeks later, 125 bucks to come back. You're not putting the wear and tear on yeah. your own car, you blah, blah, blah. So lots of options. Okay. But we do recommend flying out of an international airport. Now, we do, you know, we, we do like our friends at Albany Airport, so we don't want to slag them too much, I love Albany right? Airport. I love Albany yeah. Airport. I think, you know, going anywhere else, it, it, that, it has to to do with do you do you want to make sure your bags get on the plane? I'd always prefer a nonstop compared to a connection. I understand. And if you go out of Albany, it's going to be a connection. Yeah. Now I have uh, one client who always goes out of Albany, but she knows she's going to have a five-hour layover. She brings a good book. She plans to eat a, a meal at the airport. You know, yeah, it, it's a pro and con. You got to decide. Yeah, which and one. sometimes you get a turbo prop, and yes. I got to tell you. I had one of the worst flying experiences ever in turboprop about 35 years ago. Well, everything's improved a little bit, right? Well, no, it wasn't that. I, I was a young man. I was perhaps hungover. <laughs> and it didn't go all that well. And they, they gave me cold towels for my head. That put, could happen on a train, right? The back of, that's not <laughs> if you're true. you're hungover. <laughs> that is not true. All right, one more call, and then we'll go take a break and then uh, do some other stuff. 800-348-2551 is the number. To Altamont we go. Anne, hello, Anne. Hello. I just w I wanted to make a comment on river cruises. Um, we've been on river cruises where we've spent three days in Prague and things like that. So when you're looking at different companies, if you look, a lot of them have the same itinerary, but we travel with Grand Circle Travel, and they tend to have two weeks where Viking might have a week. Um, and the, in terms of activity, we've hiked up mountains. Um, you know, once you're off the boat in the morning, you can pretty much do whatever you want for the day. You don't have to come back for your meal. Um, but we've we've come back for our meals, but also uh, managed to do a uh, a lot of activities in the day, mm. and the and the food on river cruises, uh, for each country you're going through, the chefs prepare meals of that country. Aha! Uh -huh. um, so I I just thought I'd add those comments. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, thank you, Anne. And thanks a lot yeah. for the call. We're going to take a break here. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to address that real quickly. Yeah. Um, you can get packages that give you a cruise, but also maybe three nights in Prague before, maybe three uh, nights in Budapest after. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, there's there's very few cruises that don't continue traveling every day. Gotcha. Okay, let's, that's all. Let's take our break now. Okay. Uh, Gene Gagnon is our guest. 800-348-2551 is the number. Travel today right along Route 66.
Thank you, boys. That's Nelson Riddle and the orchestra theme from Route 66 here on Vox Pop. 800-348-2551 is the number. Email is voxpop at wamc.org. Certified travel counselor Gene Gagnon from Plaza Travel Center is here today. This email from Pat in Newburgh. What's the best time to visit Turkey? Ooh, I love Turkey. I wish more people went there, too. It's yeah. really, really nice. Um... I would not recommend in the heat of the summer, so I would probably say uh, either the fall, uh, early fall, or late spring would be a great time. I mean, when I was there, I was in March, and it was chilly. Mm. It, it can get chilly. You know, Istanbul is right on the water, so uh, it can get damp. But I would say starting in, uh, like, May would be a great month, and yeah. I would say September would be a great month. And then Pat wants to know specific towns or islands to visit? Oh, well, yeah, well, you have to do Istanbul. That's right. f- fantastic. And then uh, if you could get to Ephesus, there's some beautiful runes there. And um, that's really beautiful. Ephesus. Ephesus. Okay. Like, and you know what I didn't realize? This is so funny. You know, been going to church all my life, yeah. right? So I get to Ephesus, and the guide says, this is the um, the Colosseum that St. Paul spoke in. Yes. I go, Ephesians. Right. Ephesus. The letter Ephesians. from Paul to the Ephesians. And, and, you know, I never knew it. So that's okay. You don't have to call in and tell me. I okay. know now. Now you so, know. <laughs> now I know. You know. But uh, also Cappadocia. Uh, that's where they have these really interesting caves and these uh, beautiful shaped rocks. So if you go, you want to try to get out into the country as well. And it's very safe. It's absolutely no problem. Where they have had difficulties is not in that tourist area. Okay. This is from Barbara. We'll be spending five nights in Porto in early October. have not booked accommodations yet, but we'll probably use Airbnb. Which neighborhoods would you recommend and what are some day trips from Porto? We're flying in and out and are sure uh, are not sure if we need to rent a car. Seems like we'll be able to get to some of the port uh, via train or boat. Yes, yes. Um, does. Porto port- is beautiful. Yeah. I love Porto. I like the uh, Ribera area. I, mean, I always have a hard time rolling that R, but it's R-I-B-I-E-R-R. I, I believe. And that is along the port. Um, double check where you are because the big thing about Porto is it's on a lot of hills. They actually have a couple of trams that you can take. Um, not trams. Funiculars. Sorry. Funiculars. I'm sorry. To, what? Funiculars. What is that? Yeah, like funiculi, funicula. That's what it is? That's yeah, what it's it a is? funicular. It goes up on the side. It's not a gondola because it's like a train. So yeah. it's like right on the thing, but you get in at the bottom, and it brings you to the neighborhoods up on top. Oh, interesting. A funicular. Like a cable car. It, like but a, it, yeah, but it's like on the ground. It's not It's not oh, elevated. interesting. Yeah, it's You'll not have to elevated. Show me a picture of that. Uh, yeah, I will. I will. So, um, yeah, so what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so Porto. And the only thing about Airbnbs, okay, just be aware that most of the flights get into um, Europe early in the morning. Mm. Most Airbnbs, you can't check in until the afternoon. They don't have a lobby. You can go and drop your bags and say, here, watch my bags while I start walking around. Yeah. Uh, they usually don't have a concierge you know, to help you or somebody at a hotel front desk. So that's, that's the only thing. Do they do early thing. check-in like they do at my favorite casinos? <sighs> not usually at an Airbnb. Not usually. Okay? okay. So I will say that. And I actually have an excellent hotel in Porto that you should take a look at because the rates are so reasonable and the location is so fantastic. I believe it's called the Eurostars Porto Doro. 
but it's right on the river. Yeah. It's a nice even walk to walk under the famous bridge, and on the other side on the famous bridge, you're still at, at water level, and that's where all the restaurants and things like that is. Fantastic location. So right. have a wonderful time. Lots of things to do there. All right, one more email for now, and then we'll hit the phones again. Okay. Gene Gagnon is our guest from Plaza Travel. Mike in Saratoga writes, going to Iceland in June is the Blue Lagoon a must-see, or are there other less crowded hot springs we could visit instead? Uh, there are other um, thermal geothermal pools, which is what they are. Um, I, I wish I could remember the name of the one that I'm thinking of, um, but you can Google it. It's actually north of Reykjavik. Uh, what's nice about going to one of those, particularly the Blue Lagoon, is it's very close to the airport. So what a lot of people do is the flights get in early, so 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning, your hotel room isn't going to be ready. Yeah. They can actually take you right to the Blue Lagoon, they have storage lockers. You have your uh, bathing suit and your little carry-on. They have towels you can rent. You can actually go sit in this this geothermal warm Ooh, pool, yeah. you know, after this long flight, you know, even though the flight isn't that long. It's just a really neat thing to do. Cool. And the same thing coming back, if you have an afternoon flight, you can go there in the morning and then continue to the airport in the afternoon. I wouldn't say it's a must, but... I wouldn't go and not go there again. Okay, fair enough. Let's go back to our phone lines. We'll go to Ulster County. Linda, you're on. Hi there. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, you're welcome. Go ahead. Uh, uh, my husband and I have traveled to France and Italy um, a number of times, and we're thinking about it. Uh-oh. You're in a dead spot there, uh, Linda. We... Linda, we lost that there. Uh, Try it again. Uh, my husband and I uh, tra have traveled in France and Italy for a number of years, and we're thinking about extending our travel to more than two weeks, to a month, to three months. And I'm wondering, other than like an Airbnb, uh, where would be a good place to find uh, month-long rentals? And we, and we like to travel off-season, so like we tend to travel in November, we we like the weather. We, we, we're cooler weather people. Okay. Yeah. yeah well, well, the best thing to do is really, you know, you got to Google it, you know, and, and but really be careful reading the reviews and checking up on things. Uh, VRBO is one company that's online that does villa rentals and things like that. Um, a good travel agent can help you. They can f sometimes find a small hotel that has efficiency units. Yeah. Like it might not be a whole apartment. And sometimes they do actually do have apartments um, that you can get. So you could do that. Uh, and also, of course, you say for a month, but you might be traveling during that month. Like, you know, you might be in Nice Correct. for a week. Then you might be in Barcelona for a week, you know. So that's the other reason why you might not end up doing a monthly rental, but maybe a weekly rental. Yeah, interesting. You know, so uh, that would that would be a great way to do it. Okay. Yeah, actually, we're thinking the reason why we're saying a month, we're thinking for a number of years we've considered maybe purchasing property abroad, and we're saying let's first spend more time. Oh, right. Keep right. That time. Yeah, go so along. Wanna... Go ahead. I was going to say go along the uh, Spanish coast. And the Portuguese coast, if you're going to want property in the off-season, you want to be south. 
And uh, those are more reasonable in the winter than they are in the summer. And there's some beautiful, charming towns, a lot of... Um, you know, Brits, expats have settled there yeah. and things like that. So check that out. That'll All right, be great. Linda, thank you very much. How, how long can you stay in a country, say Spain, before you run afoul of visa regulations? It depends upon the country, but anywhere from 30 to 90 days usually. Okay. Yeah. Now, let's see. Now to Bennington, Vermont. Uh, Elizabeth, you're on. Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. A friend and I are talk- just beginning to talk about going to India in mm-hmm. a year. And I wondered if you had any thoughts about travel to India. Yes, India is very, very beautiful. Uh, the people are very, very kind. Uh, you do have to um, kind of get used to some of the poverty that you're going to see, but try to remember that you being there is helping everyone because you're supporting the economy. You know, um, you would definitely uh, want to take some type of a guided trip uh, because this way you are inter um, uh, your intra Indian travel would be taken care of. Yeah, you know, so that you've got somebody who's making sure that you get to wherever you're going on the next stop. You don't want to just go to Delhi or wherever, you know. And uh, you want to see the Taj Mahal. You want to see a lot of different things. You want to go to where they, they have the Indian, uh, I mean, the uh, elephant sanctuary. So there's a lot of things you're going to want to do, but I would really highly recommend that you use some type of a guided tour to do it. It's safer. It's usually more reasonable than doing it on your own. Um, that would be my okay. recommendation. Elizabeth, you want to follow up real fast? No, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Appreciate the call. 800-348-2551 is the number. Gene Gagnon is the president of Plaza Travel Center. And now we go over to Port Jervis, lovely Port Jervis, New York. Linda, you're on. Hello there. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Uh, in August, we are planning to go to Anchorage, Alaska, fly out. Is there, and also, um, we'll probably rent a car up to Denali and around. Any specific interests you could suggest well, around you're d- the Anchorage? Sure, sure. There's not a lot. There's not a lot. But you could drive down to the uh, charming little town of Seward, which is where the cruises leave from. And there's a cute little museum down there, and it's a really nice little port town. You could also, from Anchorage, on your way to Denali, you could do it two different ways. You know, you could go from Anchorage, you can go more northeast, stop along the way at some other national parks, and then swing around to Denali and then come down. You could do that. Uh, Just bear in mind that the roads are, I don't want to say rough, meaning all filled with potholes, but a lot of big trucks, busy Busy okay. roads. They're not. Most of the roads you would be on are not going to be these, you know, country roads. All right. right. Uh, okay. I've, I have never driven in Alaska, but when I have set things up like that for people, they have come back and said, "Oh, it was interesting." Yeah. You know what I mean? It was. It was rough. Is the word that I've heard the most. Um, but you right. could certainly do that, and you could also, if you wanted to, rent a car one way. You could pick up the car in Anchorage, do a little bit of driving, swinging wide of Denali, then ending up in Fairbanks, and then taking the train. Uh-huh. From Fairbanks down, back down to Anchorage. The dome car, it's beautiful. Uh, what do you think? I see. Okay. Great. All right. Thank um, you for thank calling. Thank you very much. 
Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. And now to Morrisville. Brendan, you're on. Yes, my family thinks I'm a little crazy, and I very well might be, but I'd like to take a trip across the country by train with five members in my family, and I'm, I've been looked up some numbers on it, and I was wondering if you had any advice on that and the best way to do it. I applaud your idea, Brendan. That is brilliant. It is brilliant. However, it is not inexpensive. No, I looked into this myself. I can't, uh, yes, can't, you can't did. afford it, Brendan. Can I tag uh, along? It's really, really expensive. Um, you know, you're, you're paying for transportation and accommodations at the same time. Uh, you probably are going to do it in the summer, uh, and that's high season. I mean, if you just sit in a chair, then the train isn't as expensive, but if you want to get any kind of accommodations, it's well, very, you very expensive. you got to have a sleeper car for that's, that. That's what I would recommend. Yeah. Uh, so it's not inexpensive. Now, an alternative would be to do a partial train, like maybe fly into Denver and then take the train, you know, somewhere from there. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe not do the whole thing by train, but sort of getting halfway out there. So uh, that's my thought there. It's it's beautiful. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, but it is not inexpensive. Brendan. Okay. Thank you. So I, I'm partially crazy. I'll inform them <laughs> of that before I suggest no, how I, much money this I think you're a genius. I don't think you're crazy. There's a fine line there. The uh, Let's see. Okay, we'll go to an email here from Shay from Schenectady. What's the best way to tour Japan, especially if you want to see Kyoto, Tokyo, Mount Fuji, cruise around? Uh, it says cruise o ground tour. So that might okay. be a typo. No, uh, it's not. She wants to know if she should cruise around it or, or, or if she should ground tour. tour. Ah, right, we're missing right. a letter there. Well, it's it's really funny because I am going to Japan for the first time oh, next really? October. Oh, good for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going, and I chose to go on a tour. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, people can can join it, but anyway, um, that's not the point. So I chose to do a land tour because a lot of the places I want to see are inland. Yeah. Okay, and that's the basic thing. And and I also, again, I mentioned this before, I like to walk around at night after dinner. Um, I like to explore more. Um, so for me, a land tour is the best way to go. I would love to see Japan. Uh, Shea goes on, choosing between May or June or August, traveling with our college-age sons. Oh, yeah. So um, August is going to be hot in some areas and um, fairly crowded, too. Uh, but you probably have to go because college-age sun. So I would say the earliest you can go, you know, June, July, and August are going to start getting hot. So maybe late May. All right. We have time for at least one more here. Okay. Let's go to David in Albany. David, you're on with Gene Gagnon. I have a question about a surprise trip to Amalfi Coast. Do you recommend any hotels there for a 10-day stay? Absolutely. Um, if your budget is unlimited, I would stay at the Santa Catarina. If your budget is fairly high, I would stay at the Marina Riviera. If you're on a, a pretty low budget, I would stay at the um, the Villa. Now I can't think of the name. It's in Minori. Okay, I would stay uh, in Minori. But the idea of a surprise trip, I have to tell you, do not plan the trip and then give it to somebody. Let the, you know, Give it to them, but let them help in the planning because anticipation is like 90% of a trip. Really? Yes. Yes, it really is. Do not just plan it all and then give it to somebody. So if I book with you the same day, then I can have a 90% discount? <laughs> no, that, that is not no? what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Go ahead, David. 
Thank you very much. That's uh, really all I wanted to ask. I okay. appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Fair enough. I think I got a loophole there, Gene. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Like, day yeah. before, <laughs> bam, ninety percent off, right? Yeah, but it's going to probably cost a hundred times more uh, to go. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. We have time for. Uh, we might have time for one more. All right, we'll go to Poughkeepsie. Michael, you're on. He's flushing a toilet. Hello, Michael. Michael from Poughkeepsie? That's you, man. Go. You got about 30 seconds. Uh, um, last minute trip to Barcelona next week, looking for a, a place to stay. Sun is in San Gervisi. Okay, so Barcelona, I prefer to stay in the Gothic Quarter. Some less expensive places are the Cologne Hotel, the um, Cathedral. It's actually Cathedral, but they spell it C-A-T-E-D-R-A-L Hotel. Very reasonable. Um, But again, you're so late, I don't know what rates are going to look like. Oh, boy. But you you think it might be able to be done? Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right, Michael, you can follow up if you want. We have a few more seconds. Uh, uh, Another name, perhaps? Oh, uh, put me on the spot. A lot of hotels like in the world. I the show was over. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let me th- there is one. You'd have to look on a map right behind the Cologne Hotel. So the Cologne, C-O-L-O-N, faces the cathedral. Look on a Google map for the hotel that is directly behind um, the Cologne. I can't remember the name and, of it, but you'll must, find it. Must-sees? Oh, definitely uh, anything Gaudi. Like um, the homes that he designed. See if you can even Kirk go. County? No, G A U D I and uh, Sagrada Familia, which is the unfinished cathedral that he designed. Absolutely fabulous. All right, hey, listen, we'll have to leave it there, Michael. Thank you very much for the call, Gene Gagnon. Another splendid job. We're thank done. Thank you. Once again, are you booked again, or is this your last appearance? Um, I I think I'm I'm booked again in April. I'm kidding. You're you're perpetually booked <laughs> on this show. No 99% discount needed. Hey, thanks for being here. How do we find you on the web? Uh, You could reach us at plazatravel.net. You can call us at 518-785-3338. You can email me at gene at plazatravel.net. And look us up on Facebook. We've got some great pictures. Cool. Well, thank you for being here. Support comes from Curtis Lumber, specializing in kitchen design services with cabinetry from Wellborn at Merillat. Virtual designer consultations available, curtislumber.com. Thanks again to Gene Gagnon of Plaza Travel Center for being here. Thank you for listening. Thanks for all the calls. There are so many, so many people left on the line. We will do this topic again in a couple of months. Thanks to Zachary Malloy, our engineer. Susie Chekai screened the calls. Thanks, Susie. I'm Ray Graff. Tomorrow on the program, well, it's a food Friday, or Friday, as we say. Julie Gale will join us to talk food at her book, The View from My Kitchen Window. That's tomorrow at 2. We'll see you then.